Hey, all you cool Irish Reds and Irish Stouts. Welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a woman and beer podcast. On this episode, I am joined with two people, a rare uh, two-guest podcast. Um, I'm joined with both Megan Stone, also known as Is Beer a Carb on Instagram, and the social media or media manager over at Society Brewing Company in San Diego. I'm also joined by Jackie DeBella. She's the co-founder of the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. Um, so it was a really great interview with those two, and you'll learn why they're both on this episode here in a minute before we get to that. Uh, something I saw in beer this week and a beer that I drank this week that I really enjoyed is um, I had a couple beers from uh, Yuzu Brewing Company. I believe they're outside of Nashville or just right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I drank both the Pale Ale, just their, you know, their American Pale Ale and their Hoppery Hazy IPA. Um, I was really excited to see those beers on the shelves here in Kentucky. So two very good beers. And then something in beer this week that I saw, it's kind of um, a little bit later, but I wrote a story on how Duclaw Brewing Company out of Baltimore paired up with both Squatty Potty and the Colon Cancer Foundation to raise awareness for colon cancer. Uh, March is Colon Cancer Awareness Month. So the two, the three teamed up to um, give away beer uh, and colon cancer or colon screening test kits. Um, so it's a really cool story. If you want to read more about that, head over to porchdrinking.com. There's a story up there about it by me. Now let's get to the interview with Megan and Jackie. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Everybody, I am joined with two people on this podcast. I've only ever done that a couple times. Um, so I'm joined with Jackie DeBella. She is a co-founder of the Craft Beer Marketing World Marketing Awards, excuse me. And I am also joined with Megan Stone, uh, also known as probably what you everyone most knows her as, which is not a bad thing, <laughs> is is beer carb on Instagram. Um, I think Jackie just mentioned she's joining me from Long Island, New York, and I believe Megan is joining me from San Diego. So uh Welcome to the podcast. Excited for you to be here and I'm um, excited to get into this conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Excited to be here. So we'll start with you, Jackie. You are, like I mentioned, the co-founder of the Craft Beer Marketing Worlds. And then we'll, you know, we'll just get into the reason why you both are on here is you just awarded the first woman of the year award to mm-hmm. Megan. Spoiler alert. Yep. Um, so why did you guys decide to create this award this year for the, the 2020 awards? So I think, you know, we kicked off last year with the 2019 awards. That was our first um, ever. And moving into what we saw come to light over 2020, we know that equality, diversity, and all of that became even more of a forefront as it should be. Um, and so we decided we were going to give just sort of a judge of the year award, something like that. And we decided to do both male and woman of the year because it just felt better. It felt, um, it just felt right. So what we did was our awesome panel of judges from 2019. Um, I believe there was about 150 of them. We opened it up to them and said, look, who's totally kick-ass who's doing everything right in the beer industry. Um, who do we love? And Megan's name was the clear choice that came through a million times. Um, we, we know and love her and she's, she is definitely, definitely creating this massive movement within craft beer. And she's definitely, definitely the winner for sure. Um, no question. What, you know, what, what factors led into you considering these words? Did you have like a checklist and you're like, okay, she has to check, check this one, check this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, when we got the votes in, we wanted to make sure it wasn't just people voting for a friend kind of thing. 
Um, I can't say we really had a checklist. We wanted to make sure that it was someone who provides value, who shows that they take a stand for things, who is a leader, um, who has a cause, and who really just has a great relationship with everyone in the industry. And that is Megan. We know that. And then did you did you have people submit nominations or was this something that you as a company decided on? Yeah, they submitted. Um, we had a few different people that were submitted. And like I said, Megan um, definitely got the most votes. So it was kind of easy for us to go through that small checklist of uh, her qualifications. But um, yeah, and, and our man of the year was Zane Lamprey, who people know um, as well. He's a comedian. He's going to be doing a big beer tour um, and does a massive massive amount of support work for the brewery. So, you know, both of them together were a great pair. Um, and, and I think just their relationships with the industry was a big deal too. Um, and reputation. And then Megan, my question for you is when you found out that you won the inaugural award for uh, woman of the year for by the CBMAs, what was your reaction? Uh, I was super surprised and honored that, um, you know, like my industry peers felt that way about me. Um, just because, you know, DEI and everything that I do in like beer and brewing is, is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And I don't necessarily do it for any sort of recognition. It's, it's something that I do because, um, it's really important to me and based on my experiences and, and just like not wanting people to like have the same experiences who come behind me um, in beer and just to like um, be sort of to be recognized for that mm -hmm. and, and celebrated for it is really, really nice. And sorry, my, my cat is. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it's yeah, it was just it was just pretty, pretty nice to to have people, you know, recognize a lot of the like efforts that I put into things. And, and obviously I deal with like, not some people who aren't the greatest and, and, and it's like not the easiest thing to, you know, mm -hmm. fight for. So it's just nice to be like, I don't know, celebrated for, I guess. And then Jackie, going back to uh, questions for you, uh, just kind of general questions about the craft beer marketing awards. If people aren't familiar mm -hmm with what they are, if, you know, I have a lot of industry folks who listen to this podcast in addition to just beer drinkers. So just tell people what they are. Yeah, sure. I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how we sort of came up with this. You know, every year me and my co-founder Jim McCune attend the Craft Brewers Conference. Um, and, you know, we were standing around talking about GABF and the other awards that are done for the liquid in the industry, right? And looking around at the conference, we're like, well, there's a hell of a lot more people involved in this industry than just the brewers and, and the people making the stuff inside the cans. Um, so we, we had a conversation and it was, it was over some beers. We're like, Hey, let's start some awards for the other people. And it kind of just spiraled pretty quickly. Um, we got a ton of support from people within the industry who then formed our judges panel. Um, and our partner, our presenting sponsor, Hillebrand, um, was a massive part of the conversation as well. Um, to get this going. But, you know, there are people, we've got the designers, we've got the tap handle designers, even, um, you know, everybody who's creating social media posts, who's making videos, who's making the websites, all of these people are making those wheels turn for different breweries. And we just felt it was time to give them, you know, a high five. So that's kind of how that all became 
what it is today. And last year was just open to the Americas and this year we're global. So it's, it's massive this year. Um, and I don't know why we decided to jump in and do that during a pandemic, but here we are. <laughs> why not is the question. Um, why so not? You've extended your deadline. So how can people still enter if they wanted to? Yeah. So the deadline is the 15th, um, which is Monday. Um, we extended that really because people were asking us to, they ran out of time. Um, and we had a lot of people. So, um, we extended that they can still enter craftbeermarketingawards.com. We've got over 30 categories with subcategories in it. There's something in there for everybody who touches this industry on the marketing end of things. Um, and we did extend to hard seltzers, mead, cider. Um, so, you know, I think that just really encompasses what the industry is becoming. Um, everybody's kind of testing out different beverages and things that they can do within the breweries, which is really cool too. So one of the things is you do have an entry fee you have to pay to enter. Why do you, you know, does, do you believe like how, what am I trying to say? Um, words, uh, right. Uh, with this fee, do you think it eliminates um, some of those smaller breweries who couldn't even pay, you know, the $100 it is or $150? Or do you think, you know, it's so beneficial to enter your stuff in the, like, chance that you would win? I mean, I will say we haven't had any pushback and we work with some really small guys. Okay. Um, just getting their stuff out there and in front of judges seems to be very appealing to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we had last year, some of the little guys crushed the big guys. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Um, and, you know, I think it, during all of this, especially everybody needs a little bit of a feel good moment mm -hmm. and being recognized, I think after this crazy year is going to feel really good. Um, but, you know, we, we do work with, if somebody does have a question or, or, you know, is concerned about pricing, we'll, we'll see what we can do to help out, of course, um, given everything, but I will say everybody has been so receptive, super excited. The actual trophy is awesome. Megan has one, um, the crushy. Uh, so it's, it's all been positive. I have to say it's been great. Yeah. I'm here in Louisville and I believe against the grain, one of the local breweries here has yep. won a couple of them. Yep. Uh-huh. And then Megan, switching back to you. Um, so I mentioned earlier, you started your Instagram, um, is beer carb, which like I mentioned, which a lot of people, probably know you as not, you know, not Megan Stone, but hopefully now they go hand in hand. When you started the, your Instagram back in 2017, did you ever expect it to grow like it has? You know, you now have over 34,000 followers. Um, yeah, not at all. Um, I originally started it um, back when I worked at Refuge in Temecula. And my friend Christine, who does Women's uh, Beer Collective, was like trying to convince me to start a beer account. And I was like, Christine, I don't even have time for my regular Instagram. And, um, but she talked me into it and I, I thought it'd be a really great idea to, um, I was pretty fresh in the, in the brewing industry. And um, I just moved to um, Southern California from the East coast. And so I was trying to network and I wanted to learn from other industry people production specifically, and then, you know, vice versa, maybe there's things that I could share, but I mean, that was my, that was my like initial 
like intent for my account. And then within like a week, it had a thousand followers and then it just kind of kept growing. And by the time I was like at McKellar, I had maybe like somewhere between like six to 8,000. And at that point I was like, what do I do with this? Um, and I had met some other women who were kind of like sharing, um, their experiences in beer on Instagram and, and had, you know, a lot of followers. And I, and I saw friends get like sent to other countries and have like really amazing opportunities, um, through their social media. So I decided to learn how to do it. Um, I, my, I didn't grow up like, you know, I grew up kind of poor and we didn't really go anywhere. So like, I thought it was a really great opportunity to, to see the world and to like, you know, meet other people in beer around the world. And, um, that's what it has been great for. I, I got to go to Panama. I got to go to the UK, um, went to Belgium. I was supposed to go to Spain, but COVID. Um, but yeah, I just, I learned, I learned the ins and outs of social media before all the information was as accessible as it is today. Um, I spent hours and, and hours just like listening to podcasts and reading articles and um, just doing everything I could to learn how social media works so I could grow my account, which ultimately led to a career for like in marketing for me. Mm-hmm. And then what, what, obviously you use your account for a lot of things. What, what's the one thing that you think you do best through your, your Instagram? Is it, you know, you know, just telling people about the beers you drink, you know, about your job and, and marketing, what, what do you think you use it best for? If that makes there's, sense. Yeah, there's definitely been a shift since I started my account. If you scroll all the way back in my account, <laughs> it's it's a um, it's a lot of like processes, and there's not a lot of photos with me in them. It's it's um, like me and like what I'm brewing or or what ingredients I'm using or, or what I'm up to that day. But um, and it's definitely shifted more into like sort of my experience overall. And, you know, so if I'm doing a collab or if I'm drinking something that I want to share with people, or if I have a message that I want to share. And I think ultimately today, like what my account does best is highlight, um, different perspectives in the industry. So, um, I mean, I never try to like, you know, be aggressive about it or, or force somebody to, to think a certain way, but I try to share things that, um, would like encourage people to, you know, that might spark conversation or encourage people to like, think about something from another perspective. You currently work at associate brewing company in San Diego. Oh, what, what's your official title there? What do you do for them? Um, yeah, it's called society. Oh, <laughs> um, no, cool. everyone pronounces it a different way. It's always fun to hear. <laughs> so it's society. Um, Interesting. Okay. I yeah, like that though. A- It's society without the Y it's got an E instead. Um, but yeah, so I initially came to them. So I drove back to the West coast from, um, a small stint on the East coast. And when I got back here, it was like, it was, it was winter time. So it was very slow in production and, but I was looking for a a brewing job and I had a very small list of breweries that I respected and, um, had great company culture and, like also like paid well, had benefits. Um, cause those were important to me and society was top of my list. Um, I loved them so much just as a consumer. So, um, when I went in there, I actually applied to be a brewer, but they didn't have room in production. And then they asked me if I wanted to interview for, um, a marketing position. They were like, or yeah, they were growing, um, 
and had a lot of growth planned and they needed sort of help. They didn't really have anybody on, on board at that time doing anything. Um, and so I, I took a job as a social media administrator. I thought about it for a while and, um, it, it has, the job has a lot of like growth and a lot of incentive and I've had a lot of fun doing it because it's another side of the industry that I get to experience and it's challenging. And, um, that's kind of what, what keeps me going in like in a position is I, I love learning new things constantly and I love being challenged. And, um, so now my title is media coordinator. I started as social um, social media administrator and now I'm media coordinator because I don't just do social media anymore. I'm full-time and I do um, a little bit more in like the marketing realm and um, some branding website stuff. And yeah, so I'm, I'm just like learning more in, in that realm and it's been a lot of fun. Do you think the success of your Instagram and your own personal social media accounts kind of helped transition you to be able to also work in social media marketing for society? I think that, um, all of the, you know, time and effort that I put into self-educating on marketing and social media was, was very helpful. And I feel like my own account sort of acted as like trial and error or, um, you know, just seeing what, what worked best. And then I would also, I ran a few other accounts, um, my hairstylist, um, my hairstylist Lauren, um, I helped her with her account for a while and I consulted for some people on social media. And I think that, um, having that experience was really helpful to, um, to my success in, in the, the marketing side. And then if people aren't familiar with society brewing company, just talk about, talk about them for a little. Sure. So, um, like we've been around for this year, it'll be nine years and, um, we're in San Diego, we're in like Kearney Mesa. So we're like a little bit outside of like the main, like downtown area. Um, society has always been like a, a draft only brewery, but right before the, right before the pandemic, um, we got a canning line in and, um, now we're pretty much like 90 something percent cans. Um, and, and that's been really exciting for me as far as like, you know, the marketing side and, and getting to promote them because we have like, it's, it's a lot more fun to like, you know, share pictures and, and share things about like fun cans and then mm-hmm. just a picture of a, like a draft beer over and over again. But, um, yeah, we we're mostly like fairly traditional styles. Um, we don't do anything crazy, which is something I kind of appreciate because those are the beers that I like to drink. Um, so I mean like lagers, stouts, IPAs. Um, we just started doing hazy IPAs recently. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much like ingredient focused. So it's like nothing is overdone. It's kind of like celebrating, you know, certain ingredients and, and, um, everything's very well balanced and yeah. The, I mean, what drew me to society was like the company culture. Um, everyone who works there, they're incredibly passionate, like genuine, kind people. And mm-hmm. it's honestly the best place I've ever worked. I, uh, I love my bosses and I love my coworkers and, and it's a great place to be. You've had, you know, you've had quite this beer journey. You started at Dogfish Head, um, you know, just as a server and then our bartender and you've, you've worked at places like, or you've worked at or consulted for, for breweries like McKellar, Modern Times, you're from Baltimore. So do claw. What do you attribute to your sec- success? And, you know, what do you think, what, 
part of that led you to where you are today at Society, the Woman of the Year, and then just a very influential name in craft beer? Um, I think it's, I think it's a lot of things. Um, honestly, I, th- I think it kind of starts with like, maybe my dad and my brother growing up. I, I, I feel like I was never really, I was always like encouraged to, to be able to do anything that I wanted to do. And, um, through them. And then even though I have experienced a lot of like negative things or, or not so great situations in brewing, I've also had some incredibly inspiring people, um, throughout my beer career mentors and, and people who are really special. And I think those people were sort of, um, important in like continuing my, my passion and like, and kind of keeping me in beer because there were definitely were some times that like, you know, were pretty hard. And, and I thought about leaving the beer industry, but, um, yeah. And then I think it's just, I, I think, I just, I just love I just love this industry and I love beer and I love everything about it. And I'm a pretty, like, like I'm a pretty like resilient and like spunky kind of person. (laughs) And I like, don't really take anybody's shit. So, um, I think that combined with just like the encouragement and support from like all of the amazing and kind people in the industry. And then I don't think I even ever asked you this. What what got you into beer or craft beer in the first place? Um, I worked at a I worked at a restaurant in Baltimore, and well, I guess okay, I guess I, it's a little bit before that. So I dated I dated a woman maybe like over around like ten years ago or so that I used to drink this like there's this there's this like local well, it's not local anymore. It's like mass produced in like Milwaukee or something, but it used to be local to Baltimore. It was like Baltimore's beer. It's called, um, the long, the official name is national Bohemian, but everyone calls it bow or natty bow. And so like, that's what I drank all the time. It's just like this cheap lager, um, you know, puzzles under the beer cap, that sort of thing. And so I drank that all the time and I drank this, or I, I was hanging out with this girl who was like a little bit of a beer snob and she just kept taking it out of my hand and like putting, you know, Brooklyn <laughs> lager or like Sierra Nevada in my hand. And so I started like trying those and, and I got kind of into them. And then I worked at a restaurant that was like very beer centric. Um, we had, I forget how many taps we had, but like just tons of rotating taps. And I just, I found out that there were like more styles, more flavors, more experiences to have, like, you know, when enjoying a beer than just a like shitty hometown lager. And so I just became obsessed and and discovered sours and IPAs and um, just kind of lost myself in, in trying everything through um, the restaurant it was called Biroteca. And then from there, I, um, I actually, I wanted to work in film, but uh, I was married to someone in the military at the time and we had to move to Delaware and I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to work in film. <laughs> so, and the, I mean, the main industries there are like, you know, there's like a casino, there's the military, um, there's Purdue chicken factory, and then there's dogfish head. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, there was a, there was a manager at Dogfish Head who used to work at Biroteca. So like, I kind of, um, had some help getting like an interview and, and the interview went well and, and I ended up at Dogfish Head. And from there, like my orientation for that job was a brewery tour and I just became obsessed. Like I love knowing how things work and I love learning and, um, I just, I love everything about like the 
brewing and beer and, and all of it. So, I mean, it was really like Beeroteca kind of like started that like passion for beer. And then I feel like Dogfish had really fueled the fire. And then Jackie, I'll get back over to you. So Megan is a, um, a, a diversity uh, acuity and inclusion advocate or DEI. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's used her platform to speak on issues that are important to her. And I believe this led um, to you all creating new categories for human rights. So why did you guys feel it was important to uh, create this new category for this year's awards? Yeah, I mean, reflecting on the last year also was a lot of it. Um, obviously, we were familiar with Megan's platform, and there's a few others that, um, you know, we had our eye on. But, you know, starting from, let's say, May forward of last year, we saw a lot of movement in a different in a few different categories, um, not just in the US, but all over the world, and saw some incredible work come out of breweries um, reflecting on that. There were some amazing collabs for Black Lives Matter, right? We saw that. Um, There were all of the women's equality stuff that people were pushing for and the industry was pushing for. Um, And then we saw, um, obviously, things having to do with the importance of voting and all of our rights um, as not only a country, but a world and protecting that. Um, The breweries were getting behind each other, supporting each other, collaborating with each other, which you just don't see in other industries um, to support all of these movements, which was just, you know, at a time where everything was so uncertain, the heartfelt and, you know, uh, sort of energized um, teams that were coming out to do this work was amazing. So in conjunction with, with things that, you know, Megan and other people in the industry are doing the movements that were happening and the, and the, the work that was coming out of it really inspired us to add that as well as, you know, we do have a pandemic marketing category too. Yeah. So I, I was just wanted you to, um, talk about the different categories that are under the human rights one specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, sure. So each category that we have has a few subcategories to kind of just break down and make it a little bit easier for people to enter into. But as I was saying, the collaborations um, is definitely one of those subcategories. People can enter together or individually um, best. And that that encompasses everything. There were some great human rights videos that came out of breweries, um, different fundraising type things we have for another subcategory um, as well. Um, Best can or bottle design, obviously for human rights. We saw some really cool stuff. Um, I'll call out uh, threes, I think was one of the cool ones that I saw. Um, And then best craft industry campaign for human rights. So again, there were a lot of people doing fundraising, um, hosting, you know, safe type of walks and protests and things like that. Um, So those were just, I think that's some of them that are under there. As someone who followed these trends, um, you know, about marketing in the beer industry, was this the first time you've seen such an emphasis on breweries doing this type of collaborations, can designs, just, you know, marketing in general? You know what? I'll say no, Um, just because our industry is so unique with that stuff. um, They really you know, even down to sustainability and what they're doing with their merch and tap handles or, um, you know, fundraising for different causes for the environment, for wildlife, um, for different, you know, definitely the local smaller breweries do things within their communities as well. So I can't say I was really surprised or that it was different, but it was at such a more mass quantity level 
uh, which was super cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely interesting that you would think the answer would always be yes, but you follow it enough that you probably know. Yeah. Not with, I mean, the beer industry is so cool. And I know Megan can definitely speak to it too, that I feel like everybody, as much as there's competition, there's not competition, right? We're all kind of holding hands and cheering for each other on this side. And it's, it's a weird thing, but it's true. And, um, the cause related stuff has always been important. And I think everybody was in such a sort of a dark place last year, right? Mm -hmm. Saw this as a little bright piece of sunshine that they could all jump on with their usual stuff. So it was great to see. And and I hope it continues at, at that level. Yeah. And Megan, you're very vocal about, you know, all these different issues, um, especially about DEI and craft beer industry. So when did you kind of realize what part of the, you know, once you were gaining all these followers on Instagram, did you realize you had this platform where you could speak out on issues that were important to you? And how did you go about that? You know, you you said you studied social media and so much. And how did you go about doing that in a positive and impactful way? It's honestly, you know, people have asked me, when did the shift happen or when did I start speaking out about it? And it's, it's really hard to say. I know, um, <laughs> I know that, um, your cat has an opinion on that. I know she has an opinion on everything. Um, no, I, I really can't like pinpoint a time. I definitely can like think of a, a time when I, uh, when I worked at a particular brewery when things started happening and and I started being more vocal about it. Um, but I, I just like, I don't know. I, I think I, I think at first I was, I was a bit like angry about things. And, um, so a lot of it maybe came from like frustration. And then I think it sort of shifted into, um, trying to, um, give people more of like a learning experience or that other perspective. Um, I just, I, and I just, I mean, not to like knock anybody. Like I, I think that, you know, Instagram is great or like for all different kinds of reasons and, and it's a visual platform. And, and so it's intended for like beautiful photos or, or great photos, but I felt like I had this platform that had so much like power behind it and, and this like ability to reach so many people. And it just made sense to me that like, I wanted to take the things that I was passionate about and share it with these people and, um, use that platform to do it. And, um, yeah, I mean the, the things that I'm passionate about, they, they're things that I like, I I never stop talking about. I feel like I like annoy my (laughs) friends or like people I'm like super fun at parties. Um, (laughs) no, but I just, uh, I, I, I just, I just felt like it made sense to me. It's like, you know, it's my account. I get to share what I like and what I enjoy. Like, why wouldn't I share something that, you know, is that important to me? And then what advice would you either give to breweries or just, you know, people on social media who have a voice in craft beer about, you know, starting to use their platform for issues that are important for them? What, because a lot of people, you know, either are, scared to take a stance, whether it's to lose followers or customers or potentially not land a job, what advice would you give to them? Um, I think initially it's about being genuine and like authentic and, um, not just, and doing it for the right reasons and, and not just doing it to, you know, look good or, um, you know, for, 
I'm, I'm blanking on the word right now, just like a performative sort of yeah. action. Um, and to really educate yourself before you share things. Um, I've definitely like made the mistake of sharing things that like, that could have had better information, but like, I try to like carefully share things or carefully talk about things and make sure that, you know, when, when I do bring things up, like, um, people, everyone's like respected and, um, and I've put a lot of thought into it. And then, I mean, in terms of like losing followers or or losing customers, it's to me, it's like, and this is how I feel personally is like, you're gonna, you're gonna lose the people who are like shitty people, (laughs) basically like, um, who, who don't, I don't know, those people don't really matter to me, you know? And then I feel like you're going to gain more people or you're going to gain people who, you know, do like share the same morals and the shame, the same thoughts, I'm sorry, the same thoughts on like these issues. And, and these things are also like important to them. And I think that to me, it's more important to um, show people that you that everyone's welcome and that it's a safe place for them and that you support them and you're an ally and you're a friend than it is to like cater to these people who aren't really making the world a better place and then we this is a question for both of you we today's Wednesday and we just celebrated International Women's Day on Monday and I don't know if you all agree with this or not but I feel like I saw a lot more breweries or yeah, breweries or, you know, social media accounts posting about, you know, all female brew days or women who work in the brewery highlighting them. Do, do you all think craft beer is starting to slowly change a little bit and become, you know, not, you know, not just a boys club anymore? Or do you think, you know, it's just international women's day and we got to post about our brew day or all the women who work in the industry or all the women who work uh, for the brewery? I think that um, people realize that there's a lot more pressure on them. And so I think that, you know, a lot of it is done out of um, maybe some people have taken the time to like really think about it and educate themselves and, and understand, you know, sort of the, like what, what it's like and, and like what the beer industry is actually like right now. Um, in terms of like discrimination and and who's highlighted or or who's i don't know who's experiencing issues and um realizing that there needs to be a change and i think there are some like genuine people out there whether they're doing it in like you know a way that's appropriate or like they're they're trying to figure it out but i think that there are some people who are just doing it to to be performative and to like Mm -hmm. look like they're you know, inclusive. And I think there's always going to be those people, but I think it, like eventually those people will weed themselves out. Um, and I think that I, I genuinely like to believe that we are shifting towards a more positive and inclusive industry. Um, because I feel like, I feel like the world is as well, even though it's like, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. I think I like to think that, you know, a lot of those people who are causing those problems and are just getting kind of pushed out and that the voices that are more supportive and, and genuine and 
um, welcoming are getting louder. And um, I think people feel that too. I think like, I think people feel a little more like supported or encouraged behind like raising their voice more so than, than they did before. Because I feel like people feel like they have others who are speaking up and they feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, I agree with Megan a hundred percent. You can tell the ones who posted that are authentic and, and, you know, they are highlighting their female brewers or their, or they are talking about the actual cause and making sure that more women are, you know, have bigger roles in the industry and feel invited into the industry. Cause I think that's another, you know, you said a boys club, right? That's kind of the stigmatism behind this industry. And, and I can tell you from standing up in front of a room, presenting to a brewery team, their marketing plan, and you're looking at all men, it, it can be uncomfortable still. It's, it's a real feeling. Right. Um, but I will say exactly what Megan said, that there are ones who are authentic and the ones who are, you can tell the ones who threw up a picture of, you know, Rosie the Riveter with her, you know, her muscle, that's, that's not what we're looking for. And that does not show much of anything um, other than just trying to make sure they say something so that nothing is right. said to them. Um, so that's a big part of it too. But I do think we saw more, more this year. And I think in a positive light, that's, that's a good thing um, that it's being recognized. And I do think we saw more female faces on those posts, which was also encouraging. I also want to add that um, it's extremely important for people to like continue to support like women, um, mm-hmm. people of color and all sorts of people throughout the year and not just during these months where, yes. you know, we're like, there's like a, a celebration, you know, it's like, it's during pride where like everyone posts like a rainbow array of their cans or something. And it's like, um, and then we're forgotten about for the rest of the year. So I just like, I don't, I think that's something that's extremely important. And again, like something that like will show you who's really passionate and authentic about these issues um, and serious about them and, and who's not. I weirdly compare like this type of situation to uh, like the Olympics, like everyone gets excited yes. for the Olympics, but then after that, you don't care about, you know, women's soccer, you know, women's gymnastics yep. anymore. So it's like, Yes, yep. remember that excitement that you had watching the Olympics and carry that over to when women's soccer's and I'm just naming these two because they're off the top of my head, you know, women's soccer's on TV or when they show gymnastics, of, yeah. you know, so it, it's always my mind goes to that. And I think once we start carrying over that excitement and, you know, normalizing it, I think then we'll see this industry really change. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll kind of end with a question just, uh, Jackie, if you want to, you know, just remind people when or tell them when the the deadline is and then when these awards we've announced so people can look out for it. Yeah, awesome. Um, Monday, March 15th, almost said May. (laughs) I'm rushing through the year. Uh, March 15th is the deadline. So you've got a few more days left there to get them in at craftbeermarketingawards.com. And then we're hoping Hoping, unfortunately, you know, we're doing another virtual ceremony this year because this is the world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Um, first or second week of May, look out for that announcement. Last year, it was really cool. Um, we went on Facebook Live. A bunch of breweries who entered were live at their breweries um, with their team. It was awesome. Um, we're hoping for the same big turnout as we had last year. And it's it's a cool thing to tune into because everybody's super pumped. And then, Megan, I know I mentioned your uh, Instagram uh, but just where can people find you on social media? 
or follow you anywhere. Yeah. Um, they can find me on Instagram, um, is beer carb. Um, I also have like a Twitter, but it's not really like that active. And, um, I mean, yeah, I would just say follow is beer carb or I mean, follow society. Cause like, <laughs> that's another yeah. account that I, that I, that I run. So, and I think we have some pretty rad stuff coming out. Yeah. So I was going through your, your Instagram society and you guys do a fantastic job as someone who else is in social media and beer. Um, you're definitely one to follow and, you know, look at for inspiration. One more question I have. Where did Is Beer Carb, the, the name, come from? Mean Girls. <laughs> oh, I get maybe um, shamed a lot because I haven't seen many movies. I think I've seen Mean Girls, but not enough to get that reference. Is that terrible? Uh, no, you know, teach their own. Um, it honestly was going to be a clueless reference first, um, but it it was kind of the, the joke was kind of a mouthful. And so I just kept like thinking about things that I really loved and like mean girls was up there. And so it's, there's like a scene where like Regina George is asking like, is butter a carb? Okay. 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 I get that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like, I legit like thought they were talking about is beer a carb in the movie. So then I was very confused, but okay. I get the reference about butter. Yeah. I kind of like, now I kind of like kick myself a little bit for it. Like I love the name, but like people always try to make that joke that's like is beer a carb and like I'm just like come on like this <laughs> I'm just like you you I've been asked this like a thousand times and there's really no like humorous way to respond to it so I don't know <laughs> but like I mentioned in the beginning I end all my podcasts with rapid fire and then two questions so um Megan you can answer first and then Jackie will just follow right after let's do it all right, so six pack of 12 ounce cans or four pack of 16 ounce cans? Six pack of 12 ounce cans. I'm a four packer. <laughs> if you're drinking straight from it, a bottle or a can? A bottle. A can. I like it, both different. Uh, <laughs> in New England or West Coast IPA? West Coast. Ooh. New England. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You One's on West, one's on uh, East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stout or porter? Stout. Stout. Same. Okay, there you go. Gosa or Berliner Weiss? Gosa. Yep. Uh, seltzer or cider? Mm, like a dry cider, like a champagne cider. Same cider. Uh, chocolate or vanilla in your beer? Mm, chocolate. Chocolate. And then brewery cats or brewery dogs. This is just a way for me to answer if you're a dog or cat person. That ugh, I feel like I have to cover my cat's ears right now, but uh, <laughs> brewery dog. I'm a cat person, but at a brewery, I want dogs. And then favorite beer city you guys been to? Favorite beer state, you said? Beer city. Oh, beer city. Um, it doesn't have to be like a city known for beer, but one you just like really enjoyed the beer scene there. Um, Brussels. you can't say San Diego. I was gonna say, I don't know. I have like I have so many of them. I would say like Brussels and Austin and like the PNW. Yeah, I was gonna say Austin, and and I'm a big fan of Denver beer. Awesome favorite beer glass style. Um, Pilsner glass, tulip. And then what's your guys' go to beer right now? right now um Currently. i've been drinking a lot of light beer from society I'm not gonna lie it's like light beer and the coachman are always in my fridge 
It is, and I want to tell people it's actually called light beer, correct? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm usually a big IPA drinker, but lately I've been hitting some of the lighter lagers. Yeah, some breweries are putting out some killer, killer lagers right now, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, they are. And then my two questions. So if you could go on any beer vacation, where would it be and why? COVID is not an issue. Money's not an issue. Your dream beer vacation. Oh, man. Uh, that's tough. I really can't. <laughs> Maybe I'd go to like Italy and drink some like Italian pilsners. Because I feel like you don't like, I don't know, you don't see enough of them. And I'm, I'm kind of a fan. That's a good one. Um, I like the brew dog beer hotel idea. I've been talking about doing that for a little while. Um, but I, I still want to get to a, an Oktoberfest in Germany. I mean, that's a thing everybody has to do, right? Right. Yeah. It's like the, the beer pilgrimage you have to complete. Right. <laughs> you got to say you did it at least once. And then if you guys could have a beer with anybody, you know, you sit down at your local brewery, your local bar, and you can have a beer with whoever, who would it be? This is hard. <laughs> Ooh. I feel like it's kind of lame to like say like Sam from Dogfish Head. And I just, I don't know. That's like where I got my start. Mm -hmm. So it just has a lot of like nostalgia for me. And like, he's honestly one of the most like down to earth, humble, like genuine people and legitimately remembers your name after like, like I can't even, like I ran into him at um what do you call it G what do you call it uh JBF you know like the last mm -hmm. time we we had JBF and and he was like oh hey Megan like how's it going I'm like wow I was like a seasonal server at Dogfish Head mm -hmm. and like he still remembers like yeah. I don't know and he's just like he's such an incredibly like smart person too in I have I have uh both of Dogfish Head books on my shelf so I yeah. I completely agree He's a cool guy. Um, I'm going to step outside the industry just because I always say this. I would love to get drunk with Barack Obama. <laughs> he's, a he's a repeat answer. Really? I yes. just feel like he's got a lot of thoughts and I want to know him. <laughs> yeah, he's. I think he's probably been my most answered person. So that Really? Is, I mean, any documentary I watch, I'm like, dude, I just want to talk to you. I need to know all of the thoughts. Yeah. Get him a little drunk on some like high ABV uh, IPAs. And I feel like he'd tell you a lot of, a lot of fun stories. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, Megan, for hopping on this podcast with me. I very much enjoyed the conversation and uh, I look forward to seeing some of the winners from this year. And Megan, I look forward to continuing to follow you on is beer carb and also society now that I know how to pronounce, properly pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. For thank having you. Me.